0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Hope you're going to celebrate with your family in some way and you just really know how much you're loved. Um, Today, uh, across the United States and actually around the world, uh, cards, um, candy, gifts, and flowers will be given and will be received. There's a research company by the name of Statista, and their research shows that this year, 2021, today, in excess of $22 billion will be spent on Valentine's gifts. $22 billion, now listen to this, that's actually $6 billion less than last year. So the pandemic has had a tough hit on the love industry, I would say. That's a lot of money, and money all spent in the name of of a man by the name of St. Valentine. So who is this mysterious man? Who is this mysterious saint? Uh, Well, um, the history of Valentine's Day is rooted um, in the Catholic Church, Uh, And within the Catholic Church, there's the belief that there were at least three men who were known as Valentine or or Valentinus. And all three of these men were martyred. Um, One of the legends holds that uh, St. Valentine was a a priest in 3rd century Rome serving under uh, the Emperor Claudius II. Claudius II, as the legend goes, determined that young men who were unmarried and did not have families made better soldiers than those uh, men who were married and, and did have families. And so he institutes a decree that it is against the law for young men to get married. Because he wants them as soldiers. Well, St. Valentine, according to the legend, uh, saw this injustice. And so what he did is he continued, according to the legend, to marry young couples in secret. And then Claudius II, the emperor, found out. And he ordered that St. Valentine be put to death. And guess what day he was put to death, according to legend? February 14th. So there's, one, there's, there's other stories, other legends. Uh, one of those is uh, the belief that St. Valentine um, helped uh, Christians who had been imprisoned uh, escape from Roman prisons where they had been harshly treated, tortured, uh, uh, beaten. Uh, along with this legend, um, it goes that uh, St. Valentine himself were, was imprisoned in Rome And um, uh, in his imprisonment, there was a young girl who came to visit him frequently, and he fell in love with her. And according to the legend, even, it may have been the daughter uh, of the the jailer. So uh, he was imprisoned. He was sentenced to death. And just before he died, according to legend, he wrote a, a love letter to this young woman, and he signed it from your valentine. And so we... If the legend's true, that's why that phrase has continued on through the years. Um, as I said, uh, there's, there's a lot of stories, and, and the stories, the legends, are, are, are kind of murky. We don't really know the truth uh, within that, but what we do know is that there's a common theme uh, throughout those legends, and, and it's love. And so how appropriate that today, with Valentine's Day falling on Sunday, that we would talk about love. But I want to go ahead and tell you, we're not talking about romantic love. We're not talking about the kind of love that's uh, between a husband and wife, or uh, that might be between a boyfriend and girlfriend. Instead, today, we want to talk about the power and the reality of God's love. We want to focus on the power and the reality of God's love, because when we can focus on the power and the reality of God's love, when we can uh, grasp that, when we can embrace it, when we can understand the power of God's love, then we understand more about God. But here's the great thing. It's not a linear growth pattern. It's a cyclical. It's, it's complete. Because um, as we learn more about uh, God, we learn more about love. But on the flip side, as we mer- learn more about uh, love, we learn more about God. It, it goes both ways. It's, it's this complete cycle. And, and so I want to ask you this morning... Uh, if we're thinking about uh, God's love, what is it that we know about it? And this is a question that I'm really asking you. So I want you to put on your Sunday morning, you have permission to speak out in church voice. Um, and I, I want you to tell me some of the things that you know about God's love, the Bible's taught you, and what you've experienced. What are some of the things we know about God's love? It never fails. It never fails. We just sang about it. What else? It's unconditional. It's unconditional, right? What else? Sacrificial. It's sacrificial. What else? Everlasting. It's everlasting. It covers a multitude of sin. This is great. You're doing much better than the 930 service did. Somebody else. It's, time. Uh, it's on time. Yeah, Always and on time. Anybody else? It's consistent. It's consistent. Yeah, it really is. Let me, let me add to that. All of those are right. Um, we know that God's love is all-inclusive. John 3, 16, what does it tell us? For God so loved the world that, that he gave his own. So, so it wasn't for just the rich, the famous, the beautiful, the gifted, the skilled, the talented. But for God so loved the world. His love is all-inclusive. We know from Scripture that his love is, is, a, is, a, is a sacrificial love. Um, we know that in that it's, the scripture says that in that, I think it's in Romans 5, maybe 7 and 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he wasn't waiting for us to, to, to get to a good point, but he sacrificed himself knowing uh, our, our state. Um, we know that his love is um, uh, it's, it's personal. Because all throughout Scripture, what we see is the story of how God loves individuals, um, and we the Bible just tells us so much about God's love. But what we have to understand is uh, these aren't simply traits or characteristics of God's love, but this is the very essence. Of who God is. Uh, 1 John 4.8 just affirms this this, this belief. By telling us that God is love. That's that's the essence of who God is. God is himself love. But also we know that if we look. That's the latter portion of that verse. But if we look at the earlier portion. We have to pay attention. Because it says to the person who does not love. He does not know God. That's that's a pretty powerful statement, wouldn't you think? The person who doesn't love doesn't know God. That's a strong statement. That's a sobering statement. The person who doesn't love doesn't doesn't know God. Listen, if there's anything we should know about Christ followers is is that as Christ followers, uh, we should be known for how we love We have to be known for how how we love. So, um, how? How are we to love? If that's the case, how are we to love? Well, I think that the answer is pretty simple. Um, Listen to this. If our goal as Christ followers, if the very reason that we follow Jesus Christ is to become like him, then consider this. That in following Christ and being transformed into his image, we're becoming like the Father God. Um, Why would we want to become like Jesus? Somebody, just answer me. Why why would we want to become like Jesus? I mean, maybe it's a rhetorical question. Think about it. Selfless? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're Christ followers. The disciple becomes like his teacher. You know, we could say, well, he was a good man. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Or it's what I was told to do uh, at the very moment that I accepted Christ. They said, now become like him. And and all of those, I'm not suggesting that any of those are, are wrong answers. They're, they're not wrong in any way whatsoever. But now it's time for me to put on my glasses. Don't laugh at me. Um, uh, but think about this. Um, Hebrews 1.3 tells us that Jesus is the express, the exact image of the Father. That's not going to work very long. Um, that he is the exact image of the Father. So, and I hit on this just a moment ago. If Jesus is the express or the exact image of the Father, and we are becoming like him, then in being transformed into the image of Jesus, wouldn't that mean that we are becoming we're being transformed into the image of the Father himself. We're being transformed into the image of the Father. And so, if we're being transformed into the image of the Father, and scripture tells us, 1 John 4, 8, that God is love, so the Father is love. If we're being transformed into the image of Jesus, if that means we're being transformed into the image of the Father. Wouldn't it be that the Father's love would be reflected through us. That's, that's why we're becoming like Jesus. So we can become like the Father. So his love can flow through us. That's the only conclusion that we could come up with. And so with that. Glasses on again. Sorry for this. Um, so with this. Uh, we have to begin by recognizing that. Um, when we love. Um, it's a reflection of the Father's love. And it's not just about emotion. It's, it's not just about emotion stirring up a feeling inside of us. So often, we tend to, um, though we know it's not the right thing, we, we, um, we, we, get, we, we, we measure love by how we feel. Do your feelings change from day to day? Maybe one day you feel like you love pizza. And the next day... After you've had too much pizza, you feel like you hate pizza. I mean, I know that's a silly example, but think about it. Uh, it, it changes from today. To today. So, so love can't be measured by an emotion that stirs feeling. But instead, love has to be measured by action. It, it, it's, it's the behaviors of, of how we live out our lives. So what are what are the behaviors of love? And I suppose we could say, well, uh, if we want to know the behaviors of love, I'm, I'm sure there's some great self-help books that you could find on Amazon, or you can go to Barnes & Nobles. They'll give us some insight into uh, what love really is, the behaviors of love. Or, or maybe uh, we would say, well, I bet if we were to listen to Dr. Phil or whoever the most current uh, daytime talk show host is. I, I'm not really into daytime television, so I don't know who's current. But, but maybe if we listen to some of those, they could give us some insight uh, into the behaviors of love. Maybe if we listen to Jerry Springer, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's how not to love, right? Uh, but but, but we say, maybe, maybe if we did something like that, or, or we say, well, you know, surely there's some, there's some magazine articles that have been written, or maybe, uh, maybe we say, maybe there's some scholarly research that's been done. And in that research they've they've researched out and said these are the behaviors of love. And again, I'm not suggesting that we go to any of those sources. You might find some helpful thoughts in those things, but instead of going to those sources, which we far too often do, why would we not go directly to God's word that's God-breathed, that's God-inspired, and in this word, God who is love tells us what love is. And so if that's true and it is, if God is love, he tells us in the word and we're being transformed into the image of Jesus so that we're being transformed into the image of the father, then why would we not live out love in the way that God says? Why would we not live out the behaviors of love as as God has ordained? So I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Pastor Nick referenced it earlier. I'm sure that today, uh, because Valentine's is on February 14th, on a Sunday, that there are millions of people right now in churches opening up their Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So we're going to join them. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this chapter to you, and then we're just going to pull out some of the behaviors of love. So follow along as I read. Um, Beginning in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels... But do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanking cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a fate that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And Pastor uh, Nick hit this so well, but in those three verses, what we find is kind of this, this setting that tells us you can do great things. You can boast, you can, you, you can build, you can, you can do all kinds of things. But if they are void of love, they mean absolutely nothing. Have you ever watched someone do something great, but you recognize with their life and their lifestyle, they're the most unloving people that you've ever seen? And suddenly it, it doesn't seem to mean much. So those verses lay the foundation. And then we go on in verse four, it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. It always perseveres. And then verse eight, love never fails. We sang about that this morning. I'm going to go on and read. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part And we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Listen to this. And now these three, three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is, is love. And so what we have is we have the behaviors of love. So what are those behaviors that we find? Well, it begins, and it says that love is patient. It means love doesn't get tired of waiting. And it goes on, and it says love behaves with kindness. In other words, it's always willing to help others, and it never expects repayment. It goes on and it says, love behaves without burning envy or jealousy. Love behaves without boasting. It doesn't show off. Love behaves without an inflated opinion of self. Love isn't arrogant. Love behaves with appropriateness towards others. It's never rude. Love's behavior doesn't insist on its own way. It always seeks God's way. Love behaves with a long fuse. Listen to this. It does not overreact. That's an ouch for some of us, right? More than we would like. Love's behavior doesn't keep a score sheet of past sin and offenses. Love's behavior does not celebrate wrong. It celebrates truth. Love's behavior is protective. It's trustful. It's hopeful. And it never gives up. Now, let me ask you. when That's, that's, that's the God-breathed standard for love. Would you agree? I mean, that's inspired by God. There there it is. You can't get any plainer than that. When you hear, when you read that beautiful even poetic expression of what God says are the behaviors of love, what is your honest and natural thought? I'd like to hear from you. When you really if you're honest with yourself when you hear that, what do you think? Perfection. Perfection. Yeah. What else? I'm sorry, say it. How far, I fall short. how far we fall short? Somebody else. Is how it is. Yeah, it's, it's pretty radical. Anybody else? I think it would be easy to say, oh my. That's far above me. In the natural, I never, I'll never be able to do that. I mean, it's perfection, I, and I never, I never can. I never can do that. And listen, in the natural, we can't. In the natural, we will never be able to love that way. But supernaturally, think about this. You and I, when we come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we begin a spiritual journey where we, I know I'm hitting this a lot, but we are being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. You know, we talk a lot about transformation and growth. Do you know what the difference is? When you think of transformation, as you're being transformed in your spiritual journey, think about things are falling off of you. Things from your past that you've carried in. The Bible says we're a new creation when we come into relationship with Jesus Christ, but we're also processing. The Holy Spirit is processing. So as we're being transformed... The old stuff is falling off of us. And as we're growing, new things are being added to us. So uh, it's it supernaturally, because we're in this process, this journey of spiritual growth, and we're becoming through the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, like Jesus, who is like the Father, then because that's happening, we're growing in our ability to love. And because of that, we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to supernaturally live in and live out the love of God. So it's really not impossible if we will surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. But that's really key in it. And so what should our response be? Well, our response as Christ followers, if we're going to live in and live out uh, the love of God as Christ followers, we have to recognize that we have a perfect example God, who is our example, uh, is love. And he's revealed his love to all humanity. He's revealed his love through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. I want us to read some scriptures together this morning. Again, it's not my opinion. Let's just look, what does the word say? So I want you to read with me um, John 3, 16 and 17. Familiar to all of us, I'm sure. you ready? Let's go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You can tell that I learned that in King James because I said whosoever. (laughs) That's the key. So again, we see that that God's love, I I said it earlier, it's all inclusive, but it's also unconditional. Someone said that earlier, it's unceasing, It's, it's unmeasurable. What should our response be? Well, our response should be that as Christ followers, we can live in and live out God's love because as Christ followers, we have a divine charge. As those who have experienced the radical love of God, Our charge is to love others in a radical way. They should experience a love like they won't experience anywhere else from anyone else because of Christ in us. I want you to read with me uh, John 13 verses 34 and 35. Are you ready? Now, I want you to read a little louder than you did last time. You didn't have your Sunday morning reading voice on, okay? That was first time, so grace. You ready? Let's go. A new command I give you, love one another As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. People who have not experienced the love of God should be able to experience the love of God by the very way that we live out our lives. Now think about that. That means that as we go about life every day, we have to be very intentional about how we're going to love, how we're going to behave. It means we've got to engage our mind, our emotions, our will, our surrender. We have to really think about this because our natural inclination is not always to do it this way, even though we're being transformed into the image. When when self gets involved, we can be rude, we can be arrogant, we can be prideful, and we can look like anything but love. Am I right? Yeah, so it, it has to be very intentional. As Christ followers... We can live in and live out God's love because as Christ followers, we have a divine responsibility. Listen, the identifying quality of a follower of Jesus Christ is how we love. Would you read 1 John four nineteen with me? Um, let's read it here we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has seen. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, doesn't it speak for itself? I mean, the, the way we love, it's all about the way we love. Um, As Christ followers, we can live in and live out God's love because as Christ followers, we have a divine call to sacrificial love. Love is not just expressed through words, but love is expressed through our actions. Would you agree? I mean, that's what we're hitting all morning. I want you to read with me 1 John 3, 16 and 18. You ready? This is how we know what God's love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. We have a divine call to sacrificial love in the same way That Jesus loved. Jesus sacrificed himself while we were still sinners. He died for us. As Christ followers, we can live in and live out God's love. Because as Christ followers, we have a divine standard that's pure and perfect. Love is the most perfect way. And I read this earlier, so I'm just going to read it to you again. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest command is love. The way we love makes a difference in the world. And so it causes us to stop and ask the question, how am I loving? Am I allowing the love of God who is love? Am I allowing that to flow through me? Because I say he lives in me. That's my confession. Does my life match my confession so how do we learn this how do, how do we how do we get there how do we live in this divine standard how, how do we live out these these um, behaviors of love well I think it begins by we have to make time to engage in our relationship with God every day And that means that we have to build margin into our life. I know that I talk about this a lot, busyness. But if we're so busy that we're not making time to engage in a relationship with God through silence, through worship, through prayer, maybe most importantly through listening, just listening Because as we listen, we hear God, by way of the Holy Spirit, speak to us. And he speaks to us about how how to love, what adjustments, what what we need to do. We have to make time. Uh, We have to engage in our relationship with him. Every day, we have to make a choice to die to ourselves. That's hard, isn't it? Putting others above ourselves every day. We have to be very intentional about that. And finally, we have to look for opportunities every day to serve and to love people. You know, one of the greatest ways we could start our day is that for Cammie and I, we have our, our, our devotional time in the morning. And so I, I'm not sure when you have it, but if, if, you have, if you don't have it in the morning, at least a prayer in the morning to say, God, as I start my day, I don't know what opportunities you're going to put before me, but make me sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Help me not to be so busy that I zoom past where people are in need of love. Help me, Father God, to see the opportunities to love and serve others and help me to do something about it. Help me to stop and act. And if we can pray that and if we're intentional about it throughout our day, it's amazing what we'll see. And it's amazing the opportunities that we'll have. Would you bow your heads? want to pray for us? Father God, we, uh, we just come with Thanksgiving. We are so thankful that you, you loved us in our sinful state. You loved us before you ever formed us. You loved us so much that you gave your son Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you were willing to die for us. No greater love. Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, we continue to submit to the transforming work of your Holy Spirit, that those things that need to fall away, that hinder us in the way we love would go. And we would find ourselves becoming more like Jesus. Because then we'll, we'll be becoming like you. Transform us. Help us to grow. Help us to embrace your inspired words of how to love. And, and I pray that even today as we go out, we would go out with a freshness, a, a, a new start. Uh, Willing to love in ways that we never have. So aware that you are in us and your love is flowing through us. Help us not to stifle that, I pray. We just submit ourselves to you today, Father God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, as always, I want to just allow opportunity that if you're here today and you've never um, you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never engaged in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, uh, that today could be your day to do that Uh, and it's very simple it just means that you would say God I believe that you gave your son Jesus to die in my place on the cross that he paid for my sins through his blood I believe and I confess my need for a savior so Jesus I commit my life to you is there anyone here today and you would just say for the very first time I'm asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I want to make that uh, change in my life today. If so, would you just lift up your hand and let your eyes catch my eyes. Is there anybody here? Father God, uh, thank you once again that you've, you've brought together a group of men and women who are, who are Christ followers, who want to become like you, who are becoming like you Uh, And I ask that as we go out from this place today that we would go uh, filled with your spirit and that your love would flow through us and that people would be drawn to us. They would ask us why we're different and we could tell them your story and invite them into the kingdom. And I pray that you would continue to send people to us who don't yet know you so that we can tell them your story and help them come into the kingdom and help them grow. Father God, I pray a blessing over every person in this room today as they go. I pray that they just rejoice in your love and your care and that this week be just a fantastic week because it's so committed to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.